Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I feel like this is a message that is very simple, but God has really wrecked me in this uh, a lot more recently. So if I get a little ugly cry, you know why, okay? Um, so one of the beautiful things, but also the most challenging, I think, about coming into a relationship with Jesus is our new identity that we get, right? <laughs> um, who here kind of struggles with, has, or is currently struggling with, like, being confident in your identity? I will raise my hand. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We're in good company. I like it. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that there's so many amazing things that God says about us in in the Bible, but to really believe it and to take it in is, is a big challenge. But I think God wants to just simplify it for us tonight, and I believe there'll be just an incredible time of ministry where we'll be able to experience this in a new level, and whatever hindrances or obstacles we've had to really embracing the new and true you is just gonna f- fall away. And we're gonna find some ways to continue in and to have the, the maturity of what God wants that to be flow through. So the title of my message is The New and True You. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Yes. Oh, wow. Lots of colors. I like it. <laughs> okay. So when I say new and true you, what am I talking about? <clears throat> so when we think about new, obviously it's, you know, something that has, is pure, spotless. I think of things that are nice and shiny, like a shiny new car, <laughs> a brand new baby, there's no blemishes on them. Babies have a little bit of wrinkliness, but you know, <laughs> they're pure. They got the purity thing going for them, right? Um, and when I think of true, it's the, God's original design. It's, um, it's without distortion, right? So these two things together is really what I felt like God's word for all of us tonight is that we're going to embrace the new and true us. Now, we have to break some paradigms around what new and true means because when we think of new as as far as like the world goes new starts at the best and then kind of just gets yuckier right if you get a new car you you have that beautiful honeymoon period where there's no dings and then you get that first one it's like ah and then somehow they find lots of friends Uh, (laughs) right (laughs) but the new and the new version of us that we find when we enter into christ doesn't just slowly degrade It actually does the opposite. We mature, the new gets brighter and brighter, gets shinier and shinier, we get better and better, right? So we have to break some mindsets around like embracing our new self, our truer self, how God designed us. And so um, that's really what I wanna talk about tonight, okay? So uh, um, let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.17, just so you know. God's behind this too. (laughs) Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let's say it again. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Say new creation. creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things, all things 
have become new. Awesome, right? So this is as simple as it gets. Our new and true identity is, in fa- is found in the light of Jesus. So all, we, all it takes is an encounter with Jesus, right? For us to become new. It's as simple as that. Once you become saved, you're new. You may not feel it. <laughs> you may not be able to fully see it yet, but we are new. And this journey that we are on as, as, as Christians is learning how to operate in this new form of ourselves, this truer form of ourselves, right? And actually embracing what God has paid for us, what Jesus paid for us to have. So we have to break off some, some interesting thinking, <laughs> some ex- interesting experiences that we've had. But this is what I find is so beautiful about Jesus, is that... It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.5, For you are all children of the light and children of the day. We don't belong to the night nor to darkness. So if Jesus is the light and we embrace him as believers, we say, okay, you're the Lord of our life. We are now immersed underneath his light. And what do we become? Light, like it says, right? So we are children of the light. And it says, in, as it said in that verse, we don't belong to the night nor to the darkness. What I, I think is a, a difficult thing, definitely for me, <laughs> and I'm sure you guys can relate too, is when we embrace this life of, of being Christ followers, of being in the light, we're more familiar with the darkness than we are the light and being ex- like in that place of exposure feels a little bit uncomfortable, <laughs> right? So you're kind of like, hi. <laughs> you see all my things, right? There's nowhere that, okay. <laughs> There's nowhere that you don't see something, but still, I, I'm yours and I'm light. So I gotta get comfortable with this new exposed state of being. Right? So, something that has been irking me about myself and in ministry just constantly is challenging me is why do we keep going to dark places to try to like seal up and problem solve or patch up to find our identity? If it says, you're children of the light and children of the day, why are we going to the dark and to the night to try to solve something? That should never be solved there. And I'm all for like freedom and you know breaking off like that. I'm all for that. But we are children of the of the light and are to live in the day. So we need to be more familiar with the identity God has given us than being so focused on what the enemy has done, what even what pain and shame we have from our past. Okay? So Recently, I was with my, um, my daughter, and she wanted to see some pictures of me as a little girl. So I, I had a mom who loved to take pictures. She still loves to take pictures. She'll be here soon, and you'll probably get a picture taken. So <laughs> true story. <laughs> um, and so I was showing her this huge book of pictures, and it started, I think, when I was probably two or three and went all the way to like high school. And as I start flipping through these pages with my daughter, this disgust of myself actually like rose up and I'm like what the heck (laughs) like 
I'm a little girl. I should see like the pure, the light, the joyful, but what was stirring up was this, this shame that I had of things that had, ha- like, my, my parents are beautiful. I, I'm the youngest of three and by a good amount, like seven and nine years younger than my oldest siblings. So I grew up a little bit faster. <laughs> and there wasn't the same sort of protection around like our TV watching. So I was exposed to some more, you know, questionable, mature content <laughs> um, that I didn't know what to do with. And it wasn't in- intended by my parents, but just some things that got in my mind that got distorted. Like, at this point in my life, I could see that. That's what I saw when I was looking through those pages. Just the res- residual of that and the behaviors that I had and just knowing, you know, the, the mistakes that I made, you know, with, with boys growing up and things like that, that I'm just like, ugh. And even just things that I did, you know, playing family, stuff like that, that I was like, oh my gosh. I, so I, God would, had me do this with my daughter to reveal to me an area of pain and shame I hadn't yet fully released to him. And I knew I was going to have to share it, which I'm like, ugh. Okay, great. <laughs> but you're welcome. <laughs> because I, I know, like, there's been so much beauty that has happened since he revealed that to me. That, like it has said, like I've, you probably have heard preachers come in and say, you know you've been healed when you like, can have the memory, but no longer feel any of the pain or the shame around it. So I don't feel it anymore. I feel like the love of God in that. Um, but the way that we continue to like, discover the beauty and the uniqueness that God's made us in is by continuing to develop our intimacy with him and remaining in the light with him, okay? So we've all had our come to Jesus moment, and if you haven't, we'll talk about that in a minute, (laughs) and coming into his light and receiving our new identity. But then how do we mature in it? How do we, okay, we start new here, and now we're going to continue to go up. How do we mature in it? So there's some wisdom that I wanted to um, share with you guys that God's been showing me about um, an amazing person in the Bible who I think just so beautifully exemplifies what it means to go from a really bad past <laughs> to being used incredibly by God. So I'm, if we talk about, okay, Saul to Paul, right? He was go, not just, you know, doing bad things to himself, but he was going hard after Jesus and anyone who liked him. <laughs> right? Like, and not in a good way. Trying to persecute anyone who followed Jesus. He was the Pharisee of, the, of Pharisees, or he could, you know, like, he was as religious as it gets. Okay? And he becomes called Paul the Apostle, who writes 13 or so, Hebrews is in, in question, uh, <laughs> uh, um, books of the New Testament. He was massively used by God. And so if we, I, I think what um, is really beautiful is his conversion, because I think the principles you see that happens in his conversion, actually he walked out continually in his, his ministry going forward. So there's three simple things that I think will really help us in this pr- process of taking that new and true identity and maturing it. Okay, so how do we mature it? The first thing is consecration. 
And this is a very Christian-y word, right? <laughs> so what is consecration? I'll talk about this first, and then I'll read you um, a little bit of Saul's story and his conversion. So consecration kind of has three components to it. We have a tearing away from sin or anything that's unclean. So removing the yuck <laughs> to make room for a life that is fully consecrated or fully devoted to God. So that life would be one that is one of worship and it's going to be one of service to God. So worship and service. Okay? So that's consecration. So removing anything like sin, so repentance, tearing yourself away from that, tearing yourself away from any unclean environments, and then coming to that place of worship and service to God. Okay, so uh, in Acts 9, 3 through 9, <clears throat> awesome. So he, referring to Saul, obtained the authorization from some Jewish leaders and to um, go to Damascus. Just outside the city, a brilliant light flashed from heaven and suddenly exploded all around them. Again, notice light, Jesus. <laughs> Falling to the ground, he heard a booming voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The men accompanying Saul were stunned and speechless, for they heard a heavenly voice but could see no one. Saul replied, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus the victorious, the one you are persecuting. Now get up, go to the city where you'll be told what you are to do. Saul stood to his feet and even though his eyes were opened, he could see nothing, he was blind. So the men had to take him by the hand and lead him to Damascus. For three days, he didn't eat or drink and couldn't see a thing. So these three days were his consecration. He had this encounter moment with God that blinded him to the way he saw before. And it also, I think, marked him where he no longer had an appetite for the things he had previously. So God could change his appetites. He was so passionately against Jesus, and now that passion was being redirected for Jesus. And you see how, for him, this physical act of being blind brought him to this place of humility. So I'm sure he had no choice but to repent of all the, the things that he had done against Jesus. All his pri all the, all, there was just a reorganizing of priorities in his life because of that fast. And then he was able to, to shift th some things. And we'll continue the story in a second. But I, what I love about this is that Jesus came onto the path and interrupted. So we think that we have to go hunting for our identity. We have to go hunting for Jesus. We have to work ourselves up for it. Like me being very performance, it's like, okay, how can I get rid of the things? Like, you know, do all the deliverance ministry time I need to, to kind of get myself in that right place. But Jesus comes in and interrupts and deals with any darkness as it's needed, even when we're going the opposite way. Right? Okay. So the next thing that helps mature us besides consecration is community. So 
for Saul. He's now in Damascus blind. And God speaks to a man named Ananias, who is a Christian, who's the very type of person that Saul would have been persecuting. And he tells, he tells Ananias, you get to go and talk to this guy <laughs> who previously would want to kill you <laughs> or get you thrown in jail at least, <laughs> right? So here we are, Acts 9, 17 through 19. Ananias left and found the house where Saul was staying. He went inside and laid hands on him, saying, Saul, my brother, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me to pray for you so that you might see again and be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. All at once, the crusty substance that was over Saul's eyes disappeared, and he could see perfectly. Immediately, he got up and was baptized. After eating a meal, his strength returned. So, Jesus sent Ananias to come and bring healing and demonstrate his goodness to Saul. His new and true identity was being revealed through the love and the expression of another person. Right? Our purpose requires us experiencing God's love and grace through people to be unlocked. And it flourishes when we turn around and unlock others, which is what Saul does, right? So here's some things that are interesting, which I found. So Ananias demonstrated God's grace and his mercy to Saul. And it's interesting if you look into what Ananias' name means. Ananias' name means the Lord's gracious gift, and Yah is merciful. He showed God's grace, gave him better than what he deserved. He didn't just come, like, Ananias could have come and been like, or not have come at all, left him blind. <laughs> he, but instead he came and showed mercy on him, even though he basically, you know, was a cause for why one of his friends, Stephen, was dead. And then imparted a miracle. Right? He needed that. Ananias didn't just restore his sight to what it was. I believe he restored it to his new sight. So he could see Jesus more clearly, right? And then Paul went on to build a legacy of community himself. When you read his letters, it's all about relational, um, um, engaging with each other and how we walk this life of faith, right? And then the last thing is humility. So up to this point, he's still Saul, he's not Paul yet. It goes on a few, few chapters and then um, in Acts 13, Saul and a few others are um, basically um, commissioned as apostles and are sent out. And right after this happens, Saul encounters um, uh, a man named Elimus, Emmaus, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Ellie, yes, good old Ellie. <laughs> and he was uh, basically like this um, key figure who was speaking into the governor of um, of, an, of a certain area named Sergius Paulus. That's an easier one. So he was trying to block this guy from believing in Jesus. Sound like someone you know? Right? So 
Saul came and boldly confronted Eli, who was a Jew, again, who Saul used to be. A Jew. Well, he was still a Jew, but, you know, a Pharisee in that religious world. The, Eli was more of a sorcerer, so he was perverting and distorting who Jesus was too. But he, Saul, puts him in his place. And then from that point forward, it says in Acts 13, 9, Saul, who was called Paul, from that point forward. So that, in this, so it's, see it says here, Saul, also known as Paul, stared into his eyes and rebuked him. And then from this point forward, throughout Acts, he's known as Paul. He confronted his past, and there was the name change. Right? And the humility comes in in the sense that he had to confront what he was. And Saul actually means sought after. He had to lay down his reputation. I'm confronting what I once was, laying down what I was known for. And now I'm becoming Paul, which means little. So in that place of humility, he steps onto the journey of becoming, I am now known forevermore by people around me as Paul. The change had already happened in him, but the world around him now saw him as Paul. So he was humble. So these things, consecration, community, humility, are what mature us and our new and true identity. So what I really feel like God wants to do tonight is to do kind of like a hard reboot for us <laughs> and, and really bring us into a place of just the simplicity and the joy of what it means to be a child of the light. So why don't we stand up? <clears throat> and I'll continue with a little bit of what God has done for me, and then there's three key people, types of people I want to pray for. So like I mentioned, God exposed that area of just sin and shame and kind of helped me along this journey of reconsecrating myself, tearing away just the residue of my past. And through just repentance and through community, encouragement of my amazing husband and <laughs> the amazing friends in my world. Through that community, just that constant encouragement, there was a moment um, just last week where I had this really random dream about some people from my past. It was in a time where I was the most depressed and what I felt like the most weak. And I encountered them again in this dream. And she saw me and she's like, oh, hey, Rosanna, it's nice. Like, it's good to see you again. And then she stopped. And she's like, oh, you're not the same Rosanna, are you, anymore? Nice to meet you. And I believe that that's what God's gonna do for a lot of us today is bring us that reset.
it's not just like, okay, my, my, the things from my past have healed up or I'm finding this healing, but I'm finding who I'm called to be. And that was just a beautiful sign for me of like that chapter's closed because God has been speaking to me a lot through just like my, my children and like a new calling that I have in something I never thought I would do, which is like education and homeschooling. And I have no, <laughs> like, uh, that's not my background. I'm like fitness exercise girl, but, <laughs> but God is beautiful. That when you simply encounter Jesus, you find your new and true identity that continues to grow. And then it, when you stay in the light with Jesus, it matures and increases. Okay? All right. So this is, close your eyes for a second. <clears throat> and as I've been sharing, you've been questioning if you've actually even stepped into the light and received Jesus as your savior. And you're feeling that can just loving tug and press to come close to him. Like I said before, we're, you're going to have an opportunity to receive him, to step into the light and to receive the new you. Or maybe you're feeling distant from him and you just want that reconnection. You want to step back into the light. You don't want to straddle between light and dark anymore. If that's you, I'd love you to raise your hand. Awesome, I see your hand, I see your hand. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right, so we're all gonna pray together and I want you to pray this from your heart. What matters is that you're declaring with your words that Jesus is God, that he's your savior, okay? So repeat after me, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to rescue me and to redeem me into my new and true identity. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my savior. And thank you that heaven is my home and you are my father. Amen. Awesome. All right, okay, the next um, person I wanna pray for is that, as I was talking about consecration, maybe you connected with my story about just feeling like there was some residual pain or shame that you needed to be dealt with. And we need to expose that to the light, not to wrestle with it, not to cast it out, but just to allow Jesus to come in and do what he does best, which is snuff that thing out. And it's that tearing away. It's not like a simple thing. It's a tearing away, right? So as a demonstration of that, if that's something that you connected with, I want you to tear away from your seat and come down. <laughs> come on. Awesome. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Lord, for your presence. 
that your light is in this space. Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that right now you are just blinding eyes to the pain and the shame of the past that you are moving all residue, all residue be removed right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for the restoring nature of your, your presence. That it's not just back to what it was, it's the new, without spot or blemish. That your blood washes away everything of the past, that your light comes and that we are built to shine and shine with you. To Holy Spirit come, I just declare breath of God, breath of God right now over each and every person who's come forward. Encounter the love, the purity, the power of God's love that is blinding. God, I declare right now just a profound encounter with you. Encounter with the light, that it doesn't feel shameful, but it's the best kind of exposing. It's the liberating. And I want you, each of you that came forward, I want you just to repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for revealing this area to me. I bring it now before you. it and I look to you reveal to me your truth the light engulf me now Um, person I want to pray for is you're in a place with your relationship with God where things feel like you're more muscling it than you're operating in the flow where there's not an ease it feels dry, it feels stale that you're more into your own self-protection or trying to self-validate through like your own promotion, like mustering that up. And now is time for you to actually reignite your wonder in our creator. Like Saul fell down. You wanna stir that on wonder again. So if that's you, I just want you to lift your hands. for just an impartation of a fresh holy fear of you, fear of being apart from you, a reverence for your goodness. Power of God flow. Love of our Father flow again. 
that as you lifted your hands, that the walls come down in Jesus' name, that self-protection, that self-promotion, that as you lifted your hands, you surrendered it. Just look into the face of your creator who upholds everything just by the word of his power. raise the dead to life. Who could regrow any sort of distortion to its original state. So I thank you, God, right now, just to encounter the God of wonder. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Wow. What an amazing day. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about informa- our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com across our YouTube channel if you haven't already read and download download app it is amazing it is chock full of incredible messages information about upcoming events and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined we loved having you with us today today we're seeing you again God bless you live, live life that is that is formative bye for now bye